If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. A lot of respect for Bev. I, I think it's, uh, you know, I've never, it's a little bit like the quarterback. You know, I'm very transparent with our staff. If I think it's a really bad play call or lack of execution, we address it. Um, we've tried to adapt a little bit. I was really disappointed today because we had some things that I thought were things that Trevor was really good at, and we just never got to it because it just didn't play well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Bev's an excellent football coach, and so is Shadi, and those guys work together, and obviously the product's got to improve here quickly, but I have confidence they'll do it. We'll do it. That is Urban Meyer talking about his coaching staff a little bit. He was asked more about some reports. Um, do what you will with a Jason Lock and Fora report. Uh, that's always 50-50, um, maybe. But uh, there's some talk yesterday that there was some discourse, if you will, uh, about Sanjay Lal and uh, Bernie Parmalee, the running backs coach. I mean, honestly, with... Parmalee, the running back, though. I mean, they've been James Robinson's been in, injured. I, I don't know what else you want him to do there. I can see the wide receiver stuff now with Sanjay Lal. I mean, that I don't know how much is Sanjay Lal's fault. We all talk about this, and we had this big con conversation last week about it. But the bottom line is, if I grade a coach or any of us get graded on results, well, then your guys are not doing well. So that goes. that's a reflection of you in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and, yeah, you, you didn't have anything to do with DJ Chark getting hurt, but it's still a reflection. of Like, who's growing? Who's getting better? And that's, that's a question that we always should ask, right? I mean, who's getting better? And right now there's a lot of regression in some of these spots from guys like LaVisca Chenault, in my opinion. Uh, there's regression with Jawan Taylor, even though Warhop's been around for a couple years. It doesn't look consistent. I will say this, Cam Robinson's played good football for them mostly. Uh, I think Ben Barch is playing decent for them at times. And and as a guy who just got thrown in there. So uh, there's other guys. Like, we can we can go down the list, and, and eventually we will. But, uh, you know, toward the end of the year, there's some guy, like I think Urban Meyer was talking today, Tyson Campbell is starting to come along, and then he bangs up the shoulder. We'll see if he, he'll be able to go on Sunday or not. Um, but... From the wide receiver position, it, it begs the question this. How many changes will we see on the staff? This is a staff that is not like this buddy-buddy staff. Like, it's not like this tree that it all came from. You know, when Gus Bradley was here, when others are here, it's like a tree. And you kind of have a loyalty to the tree and the predecessors and, the, you know, the head of the tree and <laughs> everything. Well, that's not this. I mean, Urban Meyer went out and found people and kind of picked from different trees and really a, a attack the Seattle tree, if you will. Um, but these are not folks that he, he had great, all of them, relationships with and everybody else. Now, you have the Charlie Strongs, and you have a little bit of relationship with a guy like Joe Cullen, but there are some others here that's just like, oh, okay, he's part of the staff, right? And he interviewed him, and Bevel's actually one of those guys. Like, he just was blown away in the interview process uh, with him. He said that about hiring Bevel. 
How many changes do you think we will see? Are we going to start to talk about changes after year one? And and I will say this. It's not an uncommon thing. I was actually talking to Gene Fournette about this yesterday. He was bringing up, like, Jack Del Rio after his first year and made changes on a lot of different parts of the staff. Uh, how many I didn't look back on. But it's not an uncommon thing to then make some changes about, hey, I don't think this is a good fit. What I think you got to be a little careful of is on the offensive side, especially around Trevor Lawrence. If you don't think it's working, then fine, pull the plug if you don't think it's a good fit. But you got to be really careful to start changing things up on a young quarterback because that's what got this team in trouble back in like 2013, 14, 15 is they started rotating those offensive coordinators and I think it stunts the growth of the young QB. Do you think we'll see some wholesale changes uh, at 2-8? and eight? going into this offseason yeah your quarterback hasn't thrown a touchdown since halloween so yeah i'm thinking you're probably going to have to get rid of your offensive coordinator uh because that just can't happen that's my stat by the way do you yeah. want that now yeah well it's, it's funny you brought that up because we're actually on tonight jags report live uh Stuart weber just made a chart of please don't tell me it's every quarterback that's thrown a touchdown since then no uh cool. this will add to it that's my stat. but i can tell you this he has thrown not one since halloween to your point but also, he has only thrown one in every game this year other than the opener. Like, one or zero. Yeah. He does not have multiple touchdown throws at all this year other than the opener. Where he threw three touchdowns and three yeah. interceptions. Yeah. Like, that is a long, that's a major stat. I mean, that is in th today's NFL, mm -hmm. that is a big-time stat. Now, the interceptions and mistakes have gone way down as well. Right. Which, that's, you know, progression, I guess you could say. But, yeah, so uh, on the offensive coordinator, you got to go. Um, you, that, that's not a thing. This is the NFL. 37 quarterbacks have thrown a touchdown since Halloween. That's more than teams that are in the league. Um, so you got to make a change there. Uh, your wide receivers coach probably has to go. Or you need all new wide receivers. And I don't know which is easier to do, the coach or the players. I would guess probably the coach. Um, I'm not smart enough to tell you they should get rid of Schottenheimer. Just... Trevor seems to like him more than Bevel just by, like, listening to what he says. And there, obviously, he's on the field, so you see them talking more. So that would be a, probably a Trevor Lawrence call. Right now, the only person that I'm saying is safe is Joe Cullen, Joe Cullen and I don't even know how strong I feel about that. Yeah, uh, I would say Cullen it will grow into this role, and there's some parts to build the defense. And, you know, he's a first-year guy. I, I think Cullen will be around. I think uh, now we'll avoid disaster toward the end of the year. Even yesterday, they got put in the short field. They didn't do great yesterday, but then they had a lot of attrition in the, in the injuries. And so they have to figure out a way to get turnovers. But turnovers, in my opinion, come with better players, and they need more better players. Uh, and that's – I think that's pretty – it's not easy to get, but I think it's an easy answer to the question of why they're not getting a lot of turnovers. So uh, I think you're right. I think Cullen will stay. I think a lot of the defensive coaches will probably stay. I think Tosh Lapoy and those – I think you could see good things. Roy Robertson-Harris is playing well for them now that he's healthy. You know, Taven Bryan, we've seen some good games out of him. I, I think Malcolm Brown, that crew – like, I think the defensive line's playing okay football still. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, their linebacker – you know, so I don't see a lot of change. Everything's on the offensive side. Special teams, by the way, might be a – rip that up too. Special teams, as much as they put emphasis on, and Urban Meyer's like, I'm a special teams guy. This special teams has been a joke, really, all, I mean, for the most part. Yeah. It's highlighted by some Agnew plays, but now you start to look at it in totality, it's gross. I mean, yeah. some of the play, they fumble stuff away. They don't put, get the guy on the field, uh, the punter on the field. without a punter, man. They, they, they give up an onside kick touchdown. They give up a blocked punt return touchdown. I mean, 
they, they for a couple weeks, couldn't cover a kick return. Their coverage teams were way better yesterday. And Jamal Agnew saved them. By the way, they can't kick a field goal half the time. They couldn't kick extra points. Uh, they, it's Their special teams has been gross. Yeah. A lot of, lot of grossness. Yeah. I feel like you need to shower after you wash the Jags. Yeah. And so but so the offensive changes potential goes to the offensive side of things. I mean, the offensive uh, – the, any changes on, on the coaching staff go to the offensive side of the ball uh, and special teams. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Keep in mind now, they had to change over special teams too. Like, in August or, like, July, right before the season. Um, Schneider was initially the guy, yeah. and, and then they changed that. So – uh, because of personal reasons for him. and But you go to the offense, yeah, I think there'll be a new receivers coach. I don't know about the running backs coach. I mean, honestly. The running back's okay. I'm not even sure what the running backs coach does. Like, <laughs> like what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like what? I mean, you're a good runner or you're not. Yeah. You, know, you like, got the vision or you don't. Yeah, I know, I re- I'm sure they do so. <laughs> but, like, There's can you... Be- can you sit here and tell me, like, a good running backs coach? Like, no. yeah. Have you ever said, like, hey, that guy is a good running backs coach? Top of the line, we need to hire him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, I'd pay that dude a million. Right. <laughs> like, who says that? And I've never even heard a player say, like, hey, thank goodness that we have yeah, so-and-so here. Because right. before, I was just running right into my <laughs> offensive line, but now I'm bouncing it outside. I actually so. think we'll get a change on the offensive line. Uh, they kept that for continuity. I think we will get a change on the offensive line. I think we will get a change at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, tight ends. Actually, I think that tight ends group has probably grown. Uh, you know, you could actually say they have probably developed that group a little bit, and Dan Arnold has been a big part of that. So really what it comes down to, and, and the only one people really cares about, is the offensive coordinator and and the quarterback coach, passing game coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. Two names that people know. A lot of people didn't like the Bevel hire to begin with. Schottenheimer was whatever. And this is dangerous territory, I think, for the Jags. I, I said this yesterday on our show on ESPN 690 Game Day Live from the Duval House. I am convinced the Jaguars will eventually, now I'm, I'm losing more faith in this, mm-hmm. have like a stretch of games where they like score and they look good on offense. I don't know why I'm convinced of that, but now I'm convinced that they will. I think they, going into yesterday, this was my conversation, that they have enough pieces that if James did get healthier, there's growth at all from, from Trevor. Uh, your offensive line is good enough to, to do some things. You had Agnew and Chanel, and if get him out of this funk, he, like I could buy into it. Now I'm a little less hopeful after seeing what I saw yesterday. Now you're getting guys banged up like Agnew. And now you've got to count on guys like John Brown, who just got on the roster, uh, and, and Treadwell, who... You know, it's just a guy, it seems like. And James Robinson might not be healthy, you right. know. So I, I'm a little bit less confident in this. But unless they really start to take off, I think you're really going to go back and look at stats that you just had and that I just had about Trevor Lawrence, like his touchdown throws and yards per game and their ability to evolve on offense and grow the quarterback, and you're going to point right back to Bevel, and you got to point to Schottenheimer, more so Bevel. And third and five yesterday, big plays all year in critical moments. Bevel has come up empty, and therefore the Jags have come up empty. To me, that's the biggest criticism. The growth of the quarterback, the evolution of the offense, and the big play situations where you needed a good call and you came up empty in. And so that's the biggest indictment right now on a guy like Bevel. The danger zone of this is starting to 
rotate guys in and uh, at the offensive coordinator position. I'll bring you back to Gus Bradley. The biggest mistake Gus Bradley made as the head football coach of the Jags was hiring Jed Fish. And could you say that right away? No. But in hindsight, you could. Because what it did was Jed Fish hung around for a little bit. They fired him. They bring in Olsen. And the reason why they brought in Olsen is because everybody thought that Gus was about to get fired the next year. So you really your options were limited because who was going to sign on for what potentially could be a lame duck coach? Well, it turned out that Gus didn't get fired that next year. He got around for a fourth year. Nathaniel Hackett actually came in, started to do a pretty good job. He stayed with Marone, and that's where the Jags really took off. Hackett was the guy that got year, whatever, three and four out of Blake Bortles, made it through the transition, and that's where they got clicking on offense uh, for Nathaniel Hackett uh, and Bortles in that offense. But the problem with Gus is that he hired Jed Fish, who really didn't get along that well with Bortles and they didn't see eye to eye and, and they weren't talking the same language and there wasn't a lot of growth there. Then you're stuck picking from a bottom of the pile offensive coordinator because nobody wants to commit to you. Well, we could see the same thing here. I mean, nobody's even sure if Urban Meyer's going to be coaching in March. Like, there is still talk about that. Like, yeah. the, is he going to want to be here? Well, who? if you fire Bevel and or Schottenheimer, who are you getting to come in here with Urban Meyer? Like, Dan who's going to sign up and say, I want to be a part of this? I just watch from afar the Doyle stuff, the Plain stuff, the Cincinnati stuff, the Bar stuff, the two-win stuff, the lack of development from the rookie QB stuff. Do I want to go be a part of that and join that as, uh, as an offensive coordinator? No, only if I'm desperate for an offensive coordinator job. I mean, to me, it just feels like every single team, and this, these are bad examples, but you'll see where I'm going, Sean McVay. He was like 20-something. He was an offensive mastermind, and now he's great, right? Kingsbury, so-and-so. You're telling me there's, like, not some of those guys out there that we just can't try? Like, guy, like, because obviously guy that's been in the NFL, that Urban tried to surround himself with NFL people, that didn't work. Like, you're telling me there's not just a guy out there, there's not a Joe Brady that we can just try? Yeah. At this point, can't we just try something else? It's not this. Yeah. Uh, well. I just want to try. And and maybe they will, but that's a dangerous thing to get to if you're just, you know, throwing darts and, and trying. And, well, by the way, the, uh, well, the, the, the guy that comes to mind is Dan Mullen in here. Yeah, exactly. And, like, would seriously that be the worst case? Like, it, would that be a bad thing? The guy can call plays. No, yeah, no. It, I don't think it'd be the worst thing. I think it'd be interesting. I don't hate it, but... I don't know. Like, to your point, you just said where if you're desperate for an offensive coordinator job, you take the Jags job, right? So if that – let's just say that rules out some actual candidates of NFL offensive coordinators. There's got to be a college guy that has some mastermind. Like, Urban was in college for his whole life. You're telling me he doesn't have some circle that they could be like, hey, this guy's the next thing. I mean, like, how is that not possible? Yeah, you got to find that guy, right? You, you find that guy. Yeah. Or does Urban just start taking over the offense, too? But he's not really that guy. Like, he hasn't – he wants to be more CEO. I, I think he wants to hire guys to do the job. And so there's one – the Mullen thing is interesting. I just don't – I'm not ready to go there yet on the Mullen stuff. It's an interesting thought. But I'm not really going to sit here and put a lot of conversation into the Mullen thing. But I do think it's an interesting thought. And it's something that we probably end up getting to at some point, especially if there is a move made. What I think is really something to be careful of here, though, 
is it's all about Trevor. How does Trevor feel about these two guys? Remember, right. remember a, year, a month ago I said Shad Khan should fly to Jacksonville, or if he's already in Jacksonville, he should go sit down with, with Trevor and say, how do you feel about the Urban situation? Keep him in the loop on it. Well, I feel similar. Urban should do that about Schottenheimer and, and Bevel. Now, listen, players are usually pretty loyal to their coaches for the most part. They're, they're not going to throw people under the bus. I don't think Trevor doesn't like Bevel or doesn't like Schottenheimer. I think he believes in what he's being coached. I think he believes in the game plans each week. But they're not working. And no. so where does he stand on it? Because the bottom line is if you make a change at that spot, now you're talking two coordinators in two years for a rookie quarterback. What does that do for the development of your quarterback? That is the only question you should be asking when you're making a move. Uh, now, <laughs> if you keep the offense coordinator and he stinks, that might stunt the development too. But that's where it gets very tricky, and that's why the hiring in this past year if Urban Meyer swung and missed on Bevel and Schottenheimer especially, that's a major problem in turning this around because that's who you entrusted to help this kid grow based off their experience with Stafford and Russell Wilson and those kind of uh, players, these franchise guys, Andrew Luck, uh, Schottenheimer, I think, had been around. So you have to, like, this could be catastrophic to the de development um, or at least a delay in the development of sure. Trevor Lawrence, unless he's just good enough to overcome that, which he might be. It happened to him in college. They lost Jeff Scott, who went to USF. Now, granted, that's a bad example, but, I mean, well, it's it's a true example, and it's happened to him before. But so they replaced him with Tony Elliott then, right? Yeah. That would have been Elliott right after? But it still happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a thing that happened. So the, my point being, though, okay, that's fine if you change, but you better hit a home run with the next one. Elliott was a home run. Right. You know, no, yeah, and, and Dabble's right. got his fingerprints on that, too, but... The uh, that's I'm just telling you the danger of it. That that is the danger of it. So uh, we'll see. Everybody, uh, and no surprise, the Jags have scored 40 points combined in the last month. So now everybody who already didn't want Bevel out to begin with and never wanted him here to begin with, now really wants him out. Yeah. And everything's the offensive coordinator's fault. I think uh, he should shoulder some blame for sure. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people to blame on that offense too. Uh, I mean, from players that we thought were going to do X and haven't to, yeah, the rookie quarterback hasn't always played well, uh, to the discipline and, and penalties and lining up problems. And they've got seven weeks to figure it out. And it now becomes the most important thing. I think it already was, but it's now the most important thing to the rest of the season. I think getting a few wins here is important for the Jags as you look down the road and not making this another disaster of a year at 2-15 and 15 or 3-14. and 14. But what this kid looks like and if there's you've got to give us something going into this offseason that's saying hey there's some growth here you've got to be able to give us something and so they have to pull the rabbit out of the hat here in the last seven weeks and show us some performances that we can say oh yeah but you remember when he did this because honestly i don't remember when trevor and the offense did anything those memories are fading yeah if there are any left. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. And it's incredible that, I'm going to go back to this, 37 quarterbacks have thrown a touchdown since Trevor Lawrence in on Halloween. How is there not, like, one busted coverage? Are the Jags the only team that are busting coverage? Because there's been 
Busted coverage for the Jags has scored. Like, there's not one that Trevor sees and somebody's open. I know. Like, we watched, he watched that Chargers game last night. Yeah. And in that critical time, there's a busted coverage. Right. Like, they can't even get lucky enough to have a busted coverage? Or the, it happened, well, it happens to Jags all the time, but the tight end for Tennessee that was wide open in the end zone with nobody 18 miles from yeah. How does that not happen <laughs> once for the Jags? I don't get it. I know. It, it doesn't. Uh, you make your own breaks, and, and are they not creative enough and giving people stuff to think about enough? And uh, listen, when you don't target your best receiver, really over the last month in a game like you don't even throw it to him and give him a chance to make a play at some point well you're not very hard to defend then yeah <laughs> because if i didn't have to worry about dan arnold at all yesterday and now listen if you're san francisco you don't have to worry about much but if you're san francisco and i don't have to worry about dan arnold well who the heck am i worried about nobody yeah you made it easy on him. yeah and, and right now the jags that's the thing i left the game again yesterday and it's like i don't know if san francisco's that good I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo's any good. In fact, I saw him miss some throws. He made a one or two nice throws. But I actually saw him miss more throws than I thought he, I saw him make. But I didn't even know Jimmy Garoppolo played in the game because the Jags made it look so easy, so easy for San Francisco that it was uh, incredible. Hey, real quick before we go. So 37, I've said it a couple times. I'm going to give you some of the highlights, and then I'm going to ask you a trivia question. But here's some of the highlights that have thrown a touchdown since Trevor Lawrence last did. Cooper Rush. Josh Johnson, Mike White, Trevor Simeon, who now plays, I guess, whatever, Jordan Love, Colt McCoy, uh, Joe Flacco, Mason Rudolph, Brian Hoyer, apparently, uh, Andy Dalton, and Huntley yesterday for the Ravens. So here's the question. 37 guys. There are three teams since Halloween that have not thrown a passing touchdown. Really? They've only played two games each, though, so they all had a buy in there. Okay. So in the last two games, there are three teams. Do you have any guesses? And, and you're the, not including the Jags. I am not including the Jags. Two of the teams are absolutely awful. So the Lions. Yes. And I'm assuming you're going Seattle. It is Seattle. And what's surprising... Russell is, Wilson has played two of the games. He's played the only two games. Yeah. So Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, and whoever played yesterday, and the other quarterback slash team that has not thrown a touchdown since Halloween is Tyrod Taylor and the Texans, who beat the Titans yesterday. By the way, but he keeps running them in. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's uh, – I, I will say this. I tweeted this, too, I think, today. Yeah, I did. Jags have – Jags are not alone. It astonishes me. And this is not, by the way, a, hey, Jags, it's all right. You're not alone, okay? Don't misinterpret this. But the Jags are not alone, which is astonishing because their offense feels like it's, it's so bad that there's no way anybody else's offense could be this bad. But that's not true. Yeah. Like, I mean, Detroit's offense is really bad. Yes, I didn't yes. even include them because Detroit sucks so bad. That, like, I don't even want anything compared to Detroit. But the Falcons are brutal. 43 points over the last four games. That's three more points than the Jags. That's it. Yep. Their offense stinks. Like, hey, by the way, take the under Sunday. <laughs> okay. I don't know what the under is. The under now has turned into 21 points. Would you... <laughs> Like, what is the under? Actually, I think I saw it. It's like 47 and a half. Take w the under. Would you take it with if there's no Tyson and no Shaq? Think I don't know that. how you could not take the under. I mean, I just told you they've scored 83 no, points I, combined in eight games. I get that's that. That's 10 points a game. No, I, I hear you. I just don't know how you – like, that's a blind – I understand what you're saying. You know what? And I'm a dumb better that would probably take the over yeah. and, and for what you say. Yeah. But I don't know how you could look at this trend and convince yourself – that, yeah, I'm going to take the over in that game. Yeah, By no. the way, it's a pick em game because they both <laughs> stink. That's why. They don't know which one stinks more. Uh, Seahawks, 
54 points over the last four games. And by the way, that's including 31 against the Jacks. Right. So they've so scored 23 that, yeah. in the three other games. The Raiders have scored 34 in the last three. Not four, but 34 in the last three. So they're averaging like 11 points a game. And that's with a guy that was playing at a super high level at quarterback. Right. Now, one of their receivers is sitting in jail. Yes. And well, yes. they've had other problems. Lots of them. Dallas and the Bills, two out of the last three games, they've lit up the scoreboard of one of those games. But two out of the last three, they've been dormant. And those are two of the best offenses in the league. In fact, statistically, they might be the two best. So it, I just can't believe this many teams struggle on offense. Yeah. Like, to this degree. It's one thing to have a bad game. But we're talking two, three, four games in a month stretch right now where nobody can find the end zone. And, and, by the, and you know what I didn't put in this category? The Rams. We've seen them stink it up. Yep. And that's with an unbelievably talented list of, of players on their offense. In fact, the leading receiver in the league. Yep. Cooper Cup. Who would so have thought? The Jags are not alone in, in a weird way. Um, they're just not alone. I just can't believe that 37 quarterbacks have thrown touchdowns for 29 teams in four weeks. I don't, know, I don't know what that says about the league, but something. Yeah. That's, uh, by the way, you know who came close to scoring more, a touchdown before uh, Trevor? C.J. Beathard. Yeah, that's true. Jamal Agnew yeah. dropped it. Yeah. He would have been on the list. He would have been on the list. That would have been nuts. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. There's not much left to, to say. You know, like you said, it's just got to um, keep going. Season's not going to get canceled. We got seven more games, eight more games. Uh, seven or eight? Seven. Seven more games left. Uh, we got a lot of ball left. Just get better every week. And But yeah, I'm not going to sit up here and say all the positive things that came out of it. There's not much out of today. Um, got our butt kicked. Didn't look good all the way around. So um, where you go from here is just keep going to work. Everybody stay together. Keep fighting. I know I will. Uh, I'm never going to quit. I know we got enough guys to, to turn this thing around, and it's, it's up to us. We got to make that decision. So uh, just got to keep working. Oh, frustrating for Trevor Lawrence. Frustrating, frustrating. You know what I hate about some of these things that happen? Like, so I've been here 14 years. Positive guy. Still. I don't need, like, I'm fine. Like, uh, my ego's fine. I don't need to be right. Okay. Okay? I mean, I'll tell you if I'm right. I'm not afraid to be right. That's true. But I don't need to be right. But I hate, I hate when people, like, when Trevor gets drafted, like, they're going to ruin him. Okay. Like, yep. he's never going to win there. He's going to, they're wasting a talent. Uh, Urban Meyer, he can't get it done. He's a college guy. He's, he's, he's going to this, he's going to that. Daryl Bevel. I'll... And then they go out there and they prove those people wrong, right. Oh, like, yeah. they prove those people right. And right now, through nine, ten games now, they've proved those people right. Now, either those people are really smart, which I don't really think they are. No. And I'm not saying I am. Also but now, yeah. the easiest thing to do in professional sports, if you're an analyst or if you're a fan, is to say something's not going to work. Because eventually... 
it's not going to work. Like, almost every coach gets fired at some point. You know what I'm getting at? Well, yes. Like, every... I mean, again, Dan Mullen, great. Like, I, I, that was a bad. If you had said that was a bad hire, well, you would have been eating crow for the first three years and now sitting there and be like, I told you it wasn't going to work, right? So right. the easiest thing to do is say, it ain't going to work. You know what the easiest thing to do about a quarterback in the NFL draft? Say he's not going to work. Because look at the numbers. Right. Right? Look at the trends. You know what the easiest thing to do about the Jags? Is to say they're going to suck. Yeah, because yeah. I've been here for 14 years, and I know the record. It was that one time. <laughs> it was that one time. It bothers me Yeah, that those people, like, the Jags almost go out of their way to prove those people right. Hey, Jags, I don't need it for my ego, but can you prove me right one of these times? Just once. Just once. He's been here 14 years. I mean, one time. Just once in 14 years. You know what's funny about that, though? Like, the... They're going to, like, I, I know what you're saying. And there was a lot of, like, they're going to ruin him, and that's why the Jets should have the number one pick. They would have ruined him, too. Like, that's how the NFL works. You know what I mean? The Jets have been bad as long as the Jags have been bad, relatively, if you will. And I would argue that whatever's going on up there with Mike White and the boys, they got it just as bad as we do. Do they not? They do, yeah. yeah. And... and so what I, it shows I'm, is the bigger picture is when you're not a good franchise. Detroit, the Jags, the Jets, the Bills, by the way, were like this, and they got out of it. Like, they're out of it right now. They seem like they're out of it. Uh, but they're, they're in a little bit of a danger zone right now. If they don't win big, you, you're going to start to wonder about that, too. You'll be like, oh, wait a minute. Was that just a one-off thing, right? And so... Uh, the Giants. Cleveland. Yeah, the Giants have turned into this. But in fairness to the Giants, like, they at least won a decade ago. Like, that's not that's that long. Yeah, like, yeah. They won two Super Bowls from, like, 2000, whatever, 7, 8 to 2011, 12. And so, like, that trumps a lot of things. Like, if the Jags had won a Super Bowl in 2012 or in 2018 in this case, like, how long does that carry you? Yeah, everybody would be fed up. Everybody would be unhappy. But you can't sit there and say, oh, yeah, they're terrible. Well, they won a Super Bowl, right? right. Well, the AFC Championship game doesn't have that kind of weight to it. So you can't do that. And, again, it's been so bad outside of that that I'm not even sure a Super Bowl would really trump the overall. And, and I mean, the Jags, really, you got to go back to 2000. I mean, this this kind of stuff goes all the way back to 2007. You know, when the last time they made a little playoff run there, they were in the playoffs in 2005, so they had been a couple years in a row or, or a couple out of three years. And they were competitive even in, like, like 2010 under Jack. So, like, he was at least middle of the road, not atrocious. Well, now they've been really atrocious. So, like, I think kind of Cleveland fits this. Like, Cleveland earlier this year looked like they were, had one of the best teams in the league. They ran all over you. They looked like they were about to sign Baker Mayfield to an extension. And now, I mean, he's playing hurt and all this stuff, but now they are as disjointed as anybody. Like, you don't know what you're getting. They got stomped by the Patriots last week, mm -hmm. and they just held off the Lions with, like, a guy that I've never heard of playing quarterback. Yeah, Boyle. Yeah, that's our guy. So, really what it comes down to is these organizations don't, like, they're bad for a reason. I mean, the Raiders are now back into being bad. We had this conversation yesterday before the game. The loser of the Cincinnati and, and Raiders game it might go on a tailspin, and now I feel like the Raiders are going on tailspin. Like, they're, what, they've already lost three in a row. So, yeah. like, they're in a tailspin. But they might, it might not end anytime soon.
the Bengals maybe just rescued themselves. Like and they were a candidate for bad. They were because they had lost two in a row. You're like, what's going on there in Cincinnati? And I think Zach Taylor's job could be on the line if they tailspin down the rest of the season. Well, now they're right back in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a team like the Colts looked like they were going to be bad early on. They had a tough schedule. Now they've rescued things. Like, that's all we're asking around here, too, is like, just don't be so bad that we can at least, like, entertain the idea of being able to rescue things with seven games to go and we uh, the thing about jags people jags fans everybody in town they are not asking for a lot this year like what the folks in that stadium need to understand and not, not that they're complaining about it but i wish they would understand this a little bit more and i'm talking players and coaches is that this fan base ain't even asking for you to do that much they're asking for you not to look like that yesterday just slightly competitive. That is what they're, they're asking. They, I'm not even sure they were asking for the Jags to beat the 49ers. They were asking for some semblance of an offense to show me some growth from the rookie quarterback, to, to show me some development going on. Like, that's what the fan base is asking. Give me five wins this year, maybe six. Like, give me something to grab onto. That this is turned around because we've got this great talent, we think, at quarterback. We got a coach that's won in the past. Like, that's all the fan base is, is asking for. At least cover the spread. I mean, crap. <laughs> and, and many people are probably asking to cover the spread. I mean, Although the smart ones were asking not to cover the spread. That's what uh, I was asking. But, uh, but, and and they can't like the Jags don't give you that. Like that's what gets it gets me. Like all these negative folks that just quickly just say, "Bam! All right, this kid's gonna stink." I, I, there are people I get all, all the time. I mean. That just say, hey, the kid's already a bust, blah, 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 blah. Well, nobody in their right mind knows who a bust is nine, ten games in, right? Uh, and there's not that sign of them. Uh, there's more of a sign of, like, Zach Wilson being a bust four or five games in than there is of Trevor being a bust, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't call Zach Wilson that. I mean, he's got nothing around him, you know? So uh, it's so easy to be, like, super negative. It's not going to work in sports in general because why only one team wins championships each year? <laughs> and that's part. really the only satisfaction uh, of, of reaching the pinnacle. And I think this fan base is just saying, and, and just give me something to grab onto, just something to grab onto that I can take into the offseason and feel like this is turning around. And uh, I'm going to go home to Rhode Island this week or go back for Thanksgiving or wherever you're going to or you Jags fan go to this place and this place. And be like, hey, Jags still stink. Yep. Yep. End of conversation. Hey. Not, not, nobody's going to be like, hey, man, that kid looks like he's a good player. That, yeah, that no. quarterback looks like he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's saying that. We can't tell. That's it. That's my sob story. Oh, for, there's for other sob. conversations to be had. You know, I haven't seen the family in a while. Check on the cousins. <laughs> You know, all of that. And then, yeah, yeah, Jack's still bad. Let's move on. What's up with you? You in school? Yeah, you'll just kind of go around the round table. I, I guess. One of these days, I, I'd like to be able to say, yeah, but we got a quarterback that's going to be really good. Maybe next year. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, selfishly motivated for some turkey day conversation. There you go. Uh, instead, just put your face in your pumpkin pie. There you go. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, I know he had a taunting one earlier in the year or something, but I'm going to chat with him tomorrow and 
you know, once again, there's, you know, the holding, I, I didn't see it. Uh, the, the, the fight, I saw something going on off to the side. It looked like two guys going after each other. But so, yeah, I'm going to, what can you do? I'm going to go address it. Um, he is a captain. He's very well respected, respected by me that we got to get that fixed. A bad moment for uh, Rayshon Jenkins. Rayshon Jenkins isn't making enough plays to make up for those kind of mistakes. Uh, I've said this a little bit to you last week. The uh, word I've got is Rayshon Jenkins, some communication issues even at times. Now, maybe because they're 10 games in, those have gone away in this new defense. But it's a lot of money for Rayshon Jenkins to really cost your team to get the feet off the field two occasions yesterday. I mean, that's what happened. Then he cost your team by getting ejected, and then that adds to the embarrassment, and then it goes on and on. And, and I mean, we've already seen the taunting from Rayshon Jenkins earlier in the year, like after giving up plays and being down whatever the score was, 24 nothing. I feel like it was like the Seattle game. Yeah. It might not have been, but it feels like it. That's my favorite taunting when you're getting killed. Yeah, I don't – like, listen, I – and I've said this before that I'm not – People hate some of the actions of players. Like, people hate the fact that if you're down by 20, if you fist bump and celebrate like a sack, they think you should just go back. And there's an old school mentality of just go back. But if if celebrating and getting all pumped up and jacked up makes you play better and do your job better, I don't really care what you do. Some people need that stuff. Because then we're going to criticize you when you look bad, you know, three plays later because right. you didn't celebrate and get yourself all juiced up and, and ready to go. You know, I mean, I, I'd rather have the guy that's still fired up down 24 to nothing, whether he's celebrating or not. Like, if that's what gets him going, he still means something to him. Right. I don't. Th I think people look at it like it's selfish. Like, hey, I celebrate what I got. Well, you know, it's a selfish game sometimes. But, again, whatever gets you going and makes you play better – I'm for it, so I don't really care, but fans don't like that stuff. And so to that point, the taunting makes no mistake. <laughs> makes no sense, like, when you've given up a play. Right. Like, you've got to control your emotions. That is called discipline. Celebrating after you made a play, that's not a discipline thing. Right. Taunting somebody after you give up seven yards, that's discipline. And I don't get how you're taunting. What are you saying to them? Like, hey, bro, you... You torch me? Like, what What are we saying to each other? Know. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know, the one thing is it's not every play for them. It's very... Uh, uh, it builds. It builds, yeah. It, it's an accumulative thing. So, anyway, Rayshon Jenkins had himself a bad day. He's got to... They got to, like, take the captaincy, right? That's a thing? Yeah, they're not going to take that away. Oh. The Jags have actually had now... How? What, what year was it? Would have been... Two years ago or three years ago? Was it last year that Miles Jack got kicked out in the opening game? No, that was... Uh, that was two years ago? Wasn't, I think that was Kansas City. Was he a captain that year? Would have been. I think... I don't know. He might not have been. I can't remember. I think he was. You I think, think that was? was narrative. Yeah, I think it was part of it. Yeah. But it, uh, the captain thing, too, is what. whatever. I mean, the, the captain thing doesn't bother me. Uh, I mean, yeah, you probably shouldn't get me throwing punches if you're a captain. But... I don't care if he had a C on his jersey or not. Yeah, I don't really need anybody fighting. Move. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a bad move. Yeah, I'm Which, with you. So anyway, uh, that's Rayshon Jenkins stuff. Uh, hey, real quick, uh, Florida State. We haven't mentioned him much, but that's yeah. a huge win. Yes, against it was. Boston College. I mean, a big win. They. You know what's interesting about them? They obviously have a good first half. 
It looked like they're going to blow it in the second half. Yeah, I don't get that. And what's really changed now, you go back just the last two weeks, but I think it's bigger than that. If you go back over the last five or six, they went from a team that couldn't, that got walked off against Jacksonville State because they couldn't make a play to finish the game to now a team over the last couple weeks, especially, that are making critical plays at the right time to save the game. Right. The 4th and 12, Jordan Travis against Miami. They end up getting in. And now this uh, last defensive stand, when it looked like Boston College was driving down for at least a field goal. So uh, I, I'm telling you, Mike Norvell, we've said it for a while, feels like he's the right guy. He is starting to have them believe that he's the right guy. And even during the early losses, the one thing about Norvell is that he did not lose the recruiting class. Like, he didn't have guys decommitting left and right, even though they were losing and their record wasn't very good. Uh, go back all the way to a three and six record, let's just say. And now you're two months away from signing day, but people weren't decommitting. You know, the Gators, they start losing a game or two, and they had guys decommitting, which was kind of weird. But uh, this is going to be a good signing class for Norvell. He just got a huge win over Miami last week. And if he can beat the Gators on Saturday... When he beats the Gators on Saturday. Yeah, I don't think it's an automatic... Listen, Florida's better than Florida State. They are. They have better players. They, they're deeper, and they have better players. Uh, but they don't feel good about themselves. What we're going to find out about is Dan Mullen. How much of this did the players not like Dan Mullen? Because call. if they play well when Dan Mullen leaves, well, that will tell the story a little bit. Or at least they take, because there wasn't enough to build that it was a distraction. Like, to be honest with you, the Mullen stuff never built to be like, you got to fire him, got to fire him. If you remember Will Muschamp, that built for two years that yeah. he was on the hot. I mean, we had a graphic in TV <laughs> that had Will Muschamp on the hot seat. It's the best graphic of all time. I got to see if I get Stewart can go get it for me. You got, like, the Will Muschamp graphic is one of the best graphics we've built in 20 years of TV. Right. But we got to use it, like, for two years because he was on the hot seat. It never built like that for Mullen. It was like, boom, over. Yeah. And so it's not like there's a sense of relief that it's over for Florida. I think if they go play well against Florida State, it's more of a sign of, eh, glad he's gone. Yeah, they could. I'm leaning more towards they're going to get absolutely stomped because they don't care. Yeah, I just don't. First of all, I think it's hard for Florida. Listen, Florida State is not that talented. So... For them Agreed. to stop somebody is very difficult. We can't lose sight of that. Momentum is all on their side. They'll maybe play harder. They'll maybe coach better. But they're not on paper better than Florida. It's true. With or without Dan Mullen. By the way, Florida State basketball plays tonight at UNF Arena Jacksonville Classic. Uh, they got they a do. good one yesterday. It should be a good one tonight against Missouri, so that's a good test for them. Uh, 8.30 game at UNF Arena. You can hear it on ESPN 690. And Monday Night Football? Yes. On WOKV 104.5. That's correct. How about that? Come join me. You've made all the right moves here. I, I guess so. Come Well, yeah. actually, listen to both somehow. Yeah, you can listen to both, flip back and forth, uh, 104.5 yeah, for just the uh, football and FSU for the uh, basketball right here on ESPN 690. And don't forget, right after this show, 6 o'clock until 6.30 on ESPN 690 and all the way to 7 on the social media platforms, Action Sports Shacks Overtime with Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton. We'll be back football at 5 on the way on ESPN 690. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com.